KCRW sponsors include Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes, presenting Scene on the Screen with Jacqueline Coley, a new podcast about the people at NBC Universal and the movies that define them. Available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This is 89.9 KCRW. I'm Madeline Brand. Time now for this week's movie reviews. We'll see if the highly anticipated Dune Part 2 lives up to the hype and whether Adam Sandler can pull off another serious role, this time playing a lonely astronaut. We're joined by Allison Wilmore, film critic for New York Magazine and Vulture, and Tim Gerson, senior U.S. critic for Screen International and the author of the book, This Is How You Make a Movie. Welcome back, both of you. Hello. Thank you. Let us begin with the biggie, Dune Part 2. It's not a sequel, but the second half of the story that began a few years ago with Dune Part 1. And this is also directed by Denis Villeneuve and stars Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya. You've been fighting the Harkonnens for decades. My family's been fighting them for centuries. Your blood comes from dukes and great houses. Here, we're equal. What we do, we do for the benefit of all. Okay, Tim, I kind of forgot what the first one was about, so can you catch us up? What is the second one about now? So, like you said, it's really a continuation of the first film. Um, Timothy Chalamet plays Paul, who is a, a young man in the first film whose father... Uh, led uh, his group, uh, and they were all destroyed by their arch enemies. Uh, the Harkonnen, uh, Timothy Chalamet, who plays Paul, realizes that he perhaps is the chosen one who is going to lead a rebellion uh, to defeat the evil forces of the Empire. And this movie is bigger than even part one, if you can imagine such a thing. And there are even more uh, actors in this one. The most prominent of those is Austin Butler, who plays... Uh, this really fearsome, violent, merciless warrior. It's a fantastic performance. He's a fantastic villain in the movie. The only thing that makes me like this one a little bit less than the first one is that the first one was so original and so visionary that when you go back to that world, the novelty is a little bit uh, tempered because you have seen the first installment. But that being said, um, if you liked the first movie, if you liked its very sort of solemn, serious, the whole universe is at stake tone, I think that you'll dig part two. Okay. Allison, as Tim indicated, a lot of big names in this version. Austin Butler, uh, Florence Pugh, Javier Bardem, Josh Brolin, Anya Taylor-Joy. Is that distracting that there are all these big stars in this or is it okay Do you- it's think? okay. I will I will say I am a total sucker for these movies. I really like the first one. And I think I may, unlike Tim, I may like this second part even more. But it it's sprawling. It's an enormous movie. You know, I think Tim gave a really good summary of the first one. But it could take hours if you really wanted to go into mm-hmm. who all these people are and what their motivations are and all of these, like, you know, centuries old plans that have been put into play. Uh, I just really enjoy that this is also, in addition to being a movie that is a great spectacle, Villeneuve really does create this world that feels genuinely distant and alien, is that it's a movie that really appreciates its stars. You know, I think Chalamet, who has been Hollywood's kind of 
you know, appointed prince, you know, uh, is, is a great fit for for this character who's kind of a reluctant, a reluctant hero, someone who's not sure he wants to take up the role that he keeps being pushed towards. Zendaya is terrific in this movie. She's barely in the first film, but she is in this one kind of the soul of the movie. You know, she is someone who falls in love with Chalamet's character despite kind of being very skeptical of him and everything he's promising and everything he represents. And she just really inserts this warmth into the movie in the midst of all of these incredibly strange otherworldly events and like prophecies and, you know, giant spaceships hovering in midair. Uh, but yeah, I just think it is an incredible spectacle. It really offers a world that does not try and feel like it's just been a reskins kind of regular, you know, uh, more familiar mm -hmm. place. It, it does feel really distant. And I I just really enjoyed returning to it and seeing its vastness, including, um, you know, there's a scene where Chalamet rides a sandworm for the first time. And it's just, oh. it's, it's rendered in this way that looks, it looks like if you were trying to hook yourself on the side of a, you know, fast moving train or maybe an airplane. <laughs> It, mm. it's, it's done in a really exciting way. And I think that there are other really big uh, set pieces like that that I think the movie pulls off really well. So, yeah, I think Tim is right. If you like the first one, you will like this one. Okay, Dune Part 2 in wide release beginning today. Next up, we have another sci-fi drama. It's called Spaceman, and it stars Adam Sandler. It's directed by Johan Rank, who worked on the HBO miniseries Chernobyl. You wish to know if I am real? I am like you, an explorer. Your loneliness intrigued me. Why are you here? I might be of help. I wish to assist you in your emotional distress. I don't need your help. All right, Allison, Adam Sandler plays a depressed astronaut. He's in outer space all by himself, or so he thinks. He's talking with an anthropomorphic spider who is voiced by Paul Dano. So does that work for you, this premise? <laughs> well, I would, I would put this movie in uh, that kind of subcategory of movies that could be described as, um, how would I put it, up. Uh, men will literally travel hundreds of light years across the galaxy rather than talk about their feelings. <laughs> um, it is absolutely one of those movies. Uh, it is an oddity. It's adapted from a 2017 novel called Spaceman of Bohemia by a Czech writer. And the movie is not localized. So Adam Sandler's character is like a Czech spaceman. There are a lot of the context and a lot of the jokes are about you know, the Czech Republic are about its past. His like father was, a you know, a communist supporter and he feels a lot of guilt about what his father did after the fall of the, you know, regime. It's an interesting choice. I appreciate it on a certain level that it, that they kind of adapt the book straight. At the same time, you're very aware that this is Adam Sandler and Carrie Mulligan, you know, she plays his wife um, uh -huh. who's on the ground, uh, who's pregnant and who is very unhappy, you know, and considering leaving him. And so I would not say this is a very successful film, though I think there is a certain charm to it. Adam Sandler gives very good sad sack. <laughs> uh, there is something kind of sweet about the initially very creepy looking giant space spider that Paul Dano voices um, and the, the ways in which they kind of interact and in uh, which Adam Sandler's character slowly learns to open up about his relationship and his being closed off. Uh, but I will say this is, it's its just a very small movie that never really engaged me, though. I appreciate how quirky 
the general premise is. Yeah. Despite seeing Adam Sandler try something that feels, you know, newish for him. He's done serious mm-hmm. roles before, but not quite space spider bonding roles. Uh, and I, I thought he was pretty good in this movie. I do think it <laughs> is kind of a it, it bonding is more, roles. Love it. Know, how many of those does an actor get to do in his life? Uh, right. You know, I can see why he, he leapt at the chance. Okay. And Tim, I'm still not getting whether or not this is funny or a comedy. I mean, check space program. I don't know. Funny? Yeah, it's there are humorous moments, but no, it's in terms of like sci-fi dramas, this is more sort of in the Solaris ad astra kind of vein in terms of sort of meditative i'm so mad allison for stealing my joke about my version was going to (laughs) be men men would rather go in spaceships for a year and hang out with a bug than go to therapy but i allison (laughs) so she wins um it is very much in that that category of space dramas where this is not an action movie it's about a guy who is depressed who is spending a year in space and he is all by himself at least he thinks he is i think it is interesting i think it's muted to a fault i really like am sandler and i like him trying the dramas that he's done i think uncut gems is absolutely an extraordinary film my problem with a movie like spaceman is i i watched it thinking how much longer do i have to grade on a curve of Adam Sandler playing these, doing these types of performances, because if this was another actor, how would they feel about the movie? And I think too much of my watching of Spaceman was going, oh, it's fun to see Adam Sandler kind of try this. But I don't think he's really that great. I think he's good, but I don't think he's great in the film. But I think the performances in general, like Carey Mulligan's job is basically to be the unhappy wife who's disappointed in her husband. Wow, what? Of- that seems to be a a, <laughs> a theme for her. Yes, she's that's like the Netflix package she signed up for. Apparently, that's all she does for <laughs> Netflix. Unhappy <laughs> wife. Um, I, I do think that she's quite good in the film, but that's the role. That's what she's doing. I will say that one of the best things about the movie is Max Richter's score. Max Richter also did the score mm. for Ad Astra. He's a, a a great composer. For people who know his yeah. work, Sleep, I think it's an extraordinary work, and he creates a sort of sonic kind of mindscape in terms of kind of the wonder and the alienation and the loneliness of space. There are moments mm-hmm. in the movie near the end, they're really quite effective, but I kept telling myself, I think it's actually Max Richter's score that's what's working <laughs> for me in these moments. It's a great score. I just don't think the movie is that good. Spaceman in select theaters and available to stream on Netflix beginning Friday. Let's move on to Shada, a movie out of Australia that follows an Iranian immigrant woman. All right, so in this clip, the protagonist, Shada, is confronted by her abusive husband, Hossein. Their young daughter tells Shada to cut it when she's cutting her hair. And Tim, this follows this young immigrant mother, Shada, with her six-year-old daughter, Mona, as they are seeking refuge in a women's shelter. Presumably, they are fleeing from Hossein. And tell us more about the plot here. Yeah, it's set in 1995. It's by writer-director, rather, Nora Nassari. And it's semi-autobiographical because she and her mother uh, left Iran when she was a little girl and so it's a it's a tribute to her own mother and mothers like that um i really 
and this movie is very special. Zar Amir Ibrahimi plays the mother, and it's a really great performance in terms of a woman who is trying to create a safe space and a safe world for her daughter, but she wants to hold on to her daughter and get divorced from her husband, but that's going to be very difficult because her husband won't let her go and basically says, you have to choose between getting a divorce from me or never, if you get a divorce from me, you're never going to see your daughter again because mm. take her back to Iran with me. It is, um, it's not really a thriller, it's more of a drama, but there are thriller-esque elements in it. It's a great central performance. I also think the young girl who plays Mona is also quite good in this movie. I think this is really, really moving. Allison? Oh, I think it's, yeah, I agree with Tim. It's it's a really beautifully done movie. And it is, while being very kind of intimate and sensitive with the characters, it does kind of constantly ratchet up the tension. You are always afraid for these characters and just the kind of tentative safety they manage to carve out in this women's shelter. You know, that is filled also with other women who from different, uh, you know, different walks of life who are all coming from bad situations and kind of may very slowly create a community amongst themselves. But I think it's just, it, it is a movie that plays out so many things in like the smallest details, in particular, the way the daughter doesn't entirely understand what's going on and is also a child and sometimes gets frustrated and wants to know why she can't go home. It's just really gorgeously done. Uh, and I think it, it really kind of puts you in the experience of what it is like to to, to be so vulnerable in terms of especially the legal situation you have to navigate in order to prove, you know, like prove that you deserve protection, essentially, this character, especially mm -hmm. uh, especially as an immigrant in another country. It's it's uh, it's a great film. Shada playing at the Lemley Royal beginning Friday. Last up, we have the comedy Problemista. It stars Julio Torres as Alejandro, an aspiring toy designer in New York, and Tilda Swinton as Elizabeth, an artist who takes him under her wing. You have a month to find someone to co-sign your visa. And if you don't, you have to leave the U.S. I started freelancing for this lady. I'm late. I, I know I'm late. I'm so late. I oh, this menu. What is it with walnuts? Walnuts, walnuts, walnuts. It's like a cafe for squirrels. Walnuts, they go very nicely with the salad. Do I look like I need educating on fine cuisine? Yeah, you think this lady can sponsor you? I, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> okay, Allison, so this is also uh, about immigration in America. Uh, he is seeking to stay in the United States and have her, this crazy artist, sponsor him. What did you think? Well, I think if you know Julio Torres' work, either from his work on SNL when he was a writer there or Los Espookies, the show he had on HBO, I think you'll get a, mm -hmm. you'll already know the sensibility of the comedy here. And I really enjoy his sensibility. Uh, this story is a little autobiographical. You know, it draws from some details uh, when he was uh, trying to kind of get, you know, had just come to the country. Uh, and I think there's a lot of kind of lovely, whimsical, bittersweet and sometimes very sad aspects and Tilda Swinton as this essentially uh, art monster is, is a great <laughs> performance. I know that woman. I have actually worked for that woman when I was young, I think. <laughs> I think we ways. all have. Yes, yeah. exactly. And it's a, it's a very accurate performance. I, I will say the one hesitation I have in this movie is that I think that it sells you on Julio's character, why he kind of admires her even as she is 
in, in like openly a monster. There's like a, a different parts where she's dressed up as like a as a Hydra that is like her nickname. But I think that the movie sort of assumes that you kind of come around to his point of view towards the end. And I never did. I <laughs> I, I think there's some pathos to uh, this Winton character, but I also still thought she was just terrible. <laughs> um, but that said, I think it's, it's a really lovely debut. And I think he has such a strong sensibility and I'd love to see it in other films. Tim? Um, I, I think it's a little too whimsical for my taste. I think Allison is basically Right. Especially if you know his work, um, you'll already be like on good footing with the film. I, I found the humor a little hit or miss for me. I like Tilda Swin in this type of role. There's a lot of her, though, in this role. I don't know if it entirely works. I actually, the humor is hit or miss for me. Like I said, I actually was more drawn in by the more emotional stuff that happens in the movie. Um, Alejandro going through this process, his mom still lives back home in El Salvador, and the connection that he has with his mom and him wanting to have a life in America, but being concerned that he isn't going to be able to get his visa, he's going to have to go back home, he's been a dreamer his whole life, he wants to design toys, that's his aspiration. And that story about uh, sort of an immigrant's frustration and also how the movie shows just how maddening the hoops you have to jump through as an immigrant to stay in the U.S. I found mm -hmm. that stuff really affecting. And so the emotional stuff worked better than the comedy stuff uh, in this movie. I think most people are going to go to Problemista because it's funny, but I was actually more more touched than I, than I did sort of laugh a lot in the film. Problemista opens in theaters today, and that'll do it for this week. Allison Wilmore, film critic for New York Magazine and Vulture, Tim Gerson, senior U.S. critic for Screen International and the author of This Is How You Make a Movie. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. KCRW sponsors include Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes, presenting Scene on the Screen with Jacqueline Coley, a new podcast about the people at NBC Universal and the movies that define them. Available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.